0: Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Roundup. It's being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. We've got a lot of great things that we're going to look at in this week's market trade. Of course, an interesting week once again as we talk about uh, any surprises that came in that report. Let's add to it. We've got inflation. We've also got those WASDE numbers and what does it mean as we move towards the month of November? Again, a big shout out and thank you to the folks from the Nebraska Soybean Board.
1: It may be small, But this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small. But we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska.
0: Of course, Jeff Peterson joins us. He is with Heartland Farm Partners and Mike Zuzalo with Global Commodity Analytics. Both voices and folks know and have seen many times. So thank you to both of you uh, for joining me this week. Uh, let's start out. Was there any surprises? Jeff, I'm going to start out with you. Was there any surprises you saw in the Wazi report of Tuesday?
1: You know, there was a, a couple surprises that we ended up seeing. I think the first one ended up being the, on seeing the corn yield end up going higher. We we honestly were thinking the corn yield was going to go down, so to have it come up, um, we were a little surprised by that. But the other surprise that I think we ended up seeing is that when we saw an increase on production on both the corn and soybean side, not to see any uh, increases on the demand side, which for us was a little surprising. Normally, we thought there would be room to see some increase in demand. So that's a couple of things that we ended up seeing.
0: Mike, what about for you? What did you see?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the the comments he just made, uh, Jeff just made, are right on the money from my standpoint as well. I I still feel pretty comfortable at a 175 national yield on corn. I I saw USDA drop those five contiguous states of Michigan, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky. All those record yield states are all joined together. They did drop most of those but not very much, Susan. I'd look for more of those to come down. So yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. I think the thing that really maybe maybe didn't surprise me, but is really noteworthy is you know the world soybean stocks to use ratios. Um, they went from being the tightest in three years last month to the largest in three years in just this week's report. And I think it really kind of spelled the end of the US soy supply-led rally. I mean, we can still get rallies from soybean oil. We can still get rallies um, from from Argentine weather. You know, we can still get rallies that are weather-related, I think, in soy. But I'm kind of closing the door and closing the window on a soybean rally that's going to be led by the United States weather. Because I think anecdotally, the the yields that I'm hearing are are in the 70s and pushing 80 in a lot of areas. And it seems as though Kind of like what Jeff was maybe alluding to, the corn yields flattening out a little bit more, whereas the beans kind of keeps ticking up, up and up. So I can't disagree with what USDA said on, on the yield figures for soybeans.
0: Do you think we could see some changes, though, to those numbers come November?
2: Uh, I doubt it. You know, one thing I think that they need to change and, and probably is going to have to come maybe as far as out into January is the soybean, or excuse me, the corn yield. And, and like Jeff was talking about the soybean demand. The other thing that I would say to watch out for, in the whether you're in the middle of uh, Nebraska or whether you're on the, the Missouri River here on northeast Kansas, I think the interior of the corn market could see a basis pop if we continue to see a little bit sl- more sluggish uh, corn harvest window here in the United States, but especially because those corn ending stocks figures are are were kind of messed up by Hurricane Ida, and you know maybe the the ports and the Gulf has the has the stocks that were reported on the grain stocks report, but the interior doesn't probably have the size and the quantity that we think when we think of 1.5 billion bushel carryover. So that's maybe what I'm looking for more in November
1: to answer your question.
0: What about for you, Jeff? What are you expecting in the in the next month's report?
1: Well, and I think uh, I think Mike's hit on it very well. One of the things I think we're we're looking at is that uh, we believe that the yield can come down on the corn side. We we're a little surprised. Uh, we thought the yields in the eastern corn belt would have probably backed off a little more than what they did, and and as a result, would have pulled down the national yield. And then the other part that I think we're we're looking for going forward is we are looking for the soybean yield to go up. But I do think Mike is correct in the fact that. the the concern over this u.s crop is and and the size of it with it continuing to grow um, that that ship is sailing also but there are some positive items like he identified that could come in down the road that i completely agree with you know and we we look at the interior demand we're, we're holding up very well on the basis levels on corn you know the processors are are bidding aggressively and as we move up into north dakota south dakota minnesota we've got you know, bids that are way stronger than what we normally see in Nebraska, which is really kind of surprising. And and surprisingly also, even though we've got the bean supply and the big bean crops, the, the basis levels at the crushers on the soybean side are really strong and actually kind of accelerating higher. The question we always look at is that, you know, ultimately will that hang in there or will that back off? And and our thought is that it's in pretty firm hands yet, but we are gonna have to watch and see what the, the demand does. and And it was good to see, Ultimately, China coming in and and having some additional, you know, picking up some exports here and seeing them back in the market. Let's hope they stick around and stay.
0: All right. Since we're talking about soybeans, got to give a big shout out again, once again, to our Nebraska soybean farmers, because this report is being brought to you by them and their checkoff dollars. So China is back. We knew last week came back from holiday, but there's been a lot of discussion, maybe some concerns that they might, Kind of fall off of phase one and not keep up with their side of demand. Uh, Mike, I want to start with you? Are, are you do you have any concerns about China uh, finishing out 2021 on on a strong note?
2: You know, I have less concerns this week than I did last week because of what the U.S. Trade Representative said, and I listened to a couple Chinese experts this week in the aftermath of her speech, and they were call, You know, they were on holiday, as you say, um, but they they were also directly involved in Beijing's politics and. Um, Their opinion was very favorable and and felt like that the United States rang all the right bells in terms of what they said and didn't mention decoupling or anything like that. So I think maybe the market felt that way, too, Susan. I don't know that for a fact, obviously, but between the consumer price index that we had here in the United States, the producer price index in China, all time high for that uh, producer price index in China, and then what the US Trade Representative said, I'm, I'm wondering whether the market is not getting a little bit more favorable, the commodity sector, because they feel a little bit better about China. Nothing's happened with Evergrande, uh, the property developer yet, as far as anything blowing up in our faces. And it's it kind of felt like a sigh of relief at the end of the week when it came to the big picture stuff and specifically coming out of China and the other emerging markets.
0: Uh, Jeff, I see you shaking your head in agreement there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, no. I think you're right. Uh, I, I get a little concerned with China from what we're just seeing on their pace of, of purchases. As we look at the soybean side, you know, of course, we know because of the problem we had with Hurricane Ida, you know, we ended up having shipments are down. But it but it's good to see that in some of the last numbers that China was in, and they took a, a nice amount of beans off the Pacific Northwest. So that was good to see. But overall, you know, year to date since September, our, our shipments um, across all destinations on beans. You know, we're down 64% compared to a year ago. And USDA has us down 7.8% on the export side. Sales are only off about 38.8%, but we do attribute, you know, some of that slowness to the problems that happened because of Hurricane Ida. And the fact that soybeans were extremely tight. I know they found more beans, but, but ultimately they were extremely tight. And something to think about going forward on beans when we take what the ending stocks were out of the 2020 crop and we add them to what the current production numbers were out of the October crop, our total supply actually is going to come in about 37 million bushels smaller than what it would have been last year. So even though these yields are up, overall, our, our bean supplies are still going to be rather tight. So we're, we're going to, have to continue to watch that going forward. But we do have to see China show up
0: i tell you one area that I am super excited about, gentlemen, is what's going on in the ethanol industry. Um, I got to spend some time this week with a purchaser from the San Diego area and how excited they are about expanding E85 and ethanol in general in California. So having said that, how are we looking at ethanol production and, and how does it compare to just, just a year ago? Uh, my, or Jeff, I mean, I'll start out with you.
1: Sure. And, and what's interesting, you know, ethanol we We got off to a really slow start um again and and which has to be expected. I mean, we ended up having high basis levels and and corn was rather tight and but uh so far year to date and that's starting since September, we're up about two point eight percent on on basically corn that's going into the ethanol side compared to a year ago and u s d a has us up about two point five percent, and so we think as we go down the road. We believe that the miles driven will increase. We think there'll be more opportunity, even if we don't see additional things happen on the E85 or the higher blends. We think we can see that ethanol demand number continue to go up as we go through the year, Susan.
0: So we look at all of this and and inflation, Mike, how is all of that going to weigh into what we're seeing, not only in the ethanol production, but in our agricultural sector in general?
2: Well, I think that's the dovetailing what Jeff just talked about is when you see crude oil in New York and and unleaded gas Rbob at seven year highs and you see, you know, the unleaded price at the board 20 cent discount to the Rbob futures, you see the ethanol margins running 50, 60 cents positive, all that comes together, Susan, in the inflationary mindset is that's the direct link between this surge in the energy markets, this surge in the copper with the idea that if the energy markets are going higher and higher and higher, it's gonna cost a lot more to process copper and process aluminum, and then that spills back in and cycles back into the other commodities in the form of commodity index buying. And I think that was one of the brightest things I saw at the end of this week was the idea that we got you know spring wheat now, other than what I talked about in crude and unleaded, we've got spring wheat at a nine year high, oats closed at an all time high. That's helping the corn sentiment quite a bit, I think. And then the copper closing in on a 10-year high again as we closed out the day-to-day too. So this is your inflation, and this is really revolving around energy. That's kind of the heart of it. And
0: Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for both of you joining me. Mike Zuzlo and Jeff Peterson has been brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. That's this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. I'm Susan Littlefield.